I'm Mary Lyons, the Wealth Woman. And I'm Eric Alexander with Acorn Grove. Welcome to the Wealth and Income Podcast. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different than we've done in the most recent episodes. We are doing a case study. Uh, I was making the joke right before Eric and I hit the record button that this is uh, this is a case study from a longtime listener, first-time caller. That's right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that this audience member will recognize themselves in this story just a little bit, but I'll give you a little bit of background on the overarching situation. So you guys know that we spend a lot of time talking about distribution strategies and right. how to really optimize the amount of income you get to spend whenever you decide it's time to retire. And, um, you know, I, I had the opportunity of sitting down with this couple and helping them design a strategy for long-term income creation. And uh, they're definitely in the easy button phase of their life, right. uh, having kids, really challenging careers at this moment. Doing um, all the things, keeping all the plates spinning. All the things for sure. Right. Um, and so I got a phone call from them recently that said, hey, listen, we we bought a new house and we sold our house and we came into some cash. We have an extra $100,000. What should we do with it? Yeah. Um, and, and to me, that's always, uh, well, I have to go look at everything and redo all the math before I can tell you. It depends. It depends. But I did have the opportunity to redo the math. And I think this is one of those things that is like, especially if you're a longtime listener um, and you understand what we're doing with the income strategies, I think this becomes really powerful. Right. If you're a first time listener, I'm going to high level the income strategies for you. So that the idea, we'll see how fast I can do That's this. First, the dinosaurs came, then they all got big and fat. And then... Yeah. So the the way we look at things is we want to use a combination of investment tools, whether that's real estate, your business, uh, the stock market, bonds, whatever those investment tools may be, and whole life insurance products. And we are going to combine those together in what we call the magic ratio so that you have the ability to optimize your income stream. So if you think about what we're doing on the investment side, that is about chasing rate of return. It's about finding your growth. It's about how quickly are your assets growing, where the life insurance component comes into this. And I think a lot of people don't know you can actually do this with life insurance is that it can create two options for how you distribute the capital that allow you to take higher safe withdrawal rates than what you could do in a market only type of scenario or an investment only type of scenario. So one of those strategies is called the volatility buffer. In the volatility buffer, which I sometimes refer to as the market shock absorber, what right. happens is anytime your investments go down in value during retirement, you stop taking income from them and you pull your income from the cash value of the insurance. And then as soon as your investment portfolio recovers, it is safe for you to begin withdrawing from the portfolio again. In this way, we can safely increase distribution rates from 3% to around 7% if we hit the magic ratio between insurance and investments. And that's key. You can't just do this because you have a tiny policy somewhere. Right. There is a balance in here for how it's structured. 
The second distribution rate is something that we call the simulated pension, which means that you are going to be able to take your assets and really cannibalize them over the course of your lifetime because the permanent death benefit from the whole life insurance is going to show up when you pass away to replace the asset that you spent over your lifetime. And, and there are tools that we use at distribution, not now, but at distribution that allow you to put some guarantees around, I'm going to receive a paycheck and it's going to be exactly the same paycheck for the rest of my life, no matter how long I live. So those no are- No matter what the market does. Right. Yeah. The exterior right. forces are almost, uh, uh, they don't matter. I don't know what word I was looking for, but it went right out of my head. They've been mitigated. There you go. Yeah. Eliminated almost. Um, so those are the two kind of long-term distribution strategies. And what happens is at any given point in time during your life, you need to be able to make adjustments to how you're funding both the investments and the insurance side. And that's where this type of question, I think, becomes really exciting. Yeah. If somebody says, hey, I magically have an extra $100,000 from the sale of my house. Should I put it to investments or should I put it to insurance or should I pay down my mortgage? What is really the best thing that I can do here? Right. Yeah. And it's the funnest question because it's, you know, our, our day job, as I joke often, is spending other people's money. And so, hey, I got a raise and it's like, oh, really? I can, we can go do some stuff with it. And they're like, slow down, cowboy. Like I, I've got other, <laughs> this is earmarked already. But in those situations when it's, there's a pop of cash, someone passes away, you sell a house. It's like, okay, I've, I've been given this gift. I've gotten this thing and I want to be a good steward of it. What should we do? And it's like catnip. It's like, oh, okay, we can go figure that out. And it's a really, it's a fun problem to solve. So if I think about what they're doing now, just to give some of the background, what they're doing now is um, they are both maxing out their um, qualified plans. So she has a 401k that she's maxing out and receiving a small match on. Um, and then he has his 401k and a deferred compensation program, which is mandatory for him to contribute to. Um, and then they implemented some whole life insurance policies a couple years ago. Um, and if you look at the total amount of assets that are going into the qualified plan, um, it's really almost $70,000 between the two of them. Uh, which is just a crazy big number and not something that everybody has the opportunity to do, but that's where they're headed. And then currently they're funding about $1,000 a month into split into two whole life policies. So if you think about that, that's $500 a piece uh, for each of them, $6,000 each a year, 12,000 total going into the whole life policy. And the ratios are uh, not where they should be. And by that, I mean, when we get there to the distribution rate, they're 33 and 37 today, and they're planning to retire at 62 and 66. So 29 years from now, if we take a snapshot of the values of the investments at a conservative rate of return, and then we take a snapshot of the values in the insurance policies, she has about 36% of the coverage she needs to have to get to that magic one-to-one -one ratio. So she's not... She's not quite there. She's at about a third. And then he's at about 23%. And what they're doing right now is minimum funding these policies because they have other things going on in their life. Yeah. Life is, it, it comes at us, right? Diapers are expensive. <laughs> yes, they I'm are. <laughs> glad I'm out of that phase at this yes, point. They are. Like, I felt like I got a raise when we got potty trained in this house. Yeah. Uh, 
which was some time ago, but my kids would be mortified to know that I'm talking about it on the air. Um, so if you look at where they are, just kind of where they're headed, if they don't make any changes um, on their current plan, they're actually headed to, um, if they do the simulated pension option and we look at rates that are similar to today's rates, right. uh, it's about 339. And if they do the volatility buffer option, it's about 314 of income every year in retirement. So, right. you know, you, you think about that, they're in a great position because they're saving. And I always find this so fascinating because every time I talk to them, they tell me how behind they are. And every time I talk to them, I'm like, you're actually really far ahead because you're starting in your thirties instead of your forties, but they don't feel that way. Right. Everyone feels sort of like apoplectic or whatever that word is like they're like they're, we're not doing enough we're all going to be homeless and all all of those other stories but i, I think perfectly with where they are because you you buried the lead a little bit and i want to go back and pick it up Do right? it before they added those components in when it was just investments just 401k just qualified plans they were saving the same amount of money but they were headed towards an income if i, if I remember the math of about 280 yes which again right. They're not homeless. Like they've they've adulted the crap out of life at 280. Like they're they're doing well, but enemy, you know, the good is the enemy of the best. And so with the one small shift, and if you think about the ratios, they were really underwater, you know, 23% and 36%. So they're they're not optimized at all. They're they're fairly underwater. But even with that small amount, uh, their income went up by about 50k in retirement based on just that little amount that they did and it's nowhere near fully optimized yeah and i'm going to put some numbers around that again real quick so they're they're putting all that money into their deferred plans and then they were saving about a thousand dollars a month or could save a thousand dollars a month into some type of after-tax investment so right. traditional brokerage account would be an easy way to mm -hmm. think of that um, right. or maybe just buying an s p index fund something of that that nature and so the only thing that changed about their initial plan is we took that $1,000 a month and had it fund insurance instead of investments. And so if you think about the normal objection for that, it's, well, I could get a higher rate of return in the investments. Absolutely. I, I, Eric and I are never going to argue that point with you. That's totally fine. Um, you are giving up some rate of return in order to fund the insurance part. But what you're picking up is a distribution strategy that you didn't currently have. Because the whole point of saving all of this money is that someday it's supposed to turn into an income stream for right. you. So instead of just thinking about, oh, I need a big net worth, uh, the, the conversation from the very beginning should be, how is all of this going to translate into lifestyle for me so that one day when I stop working, I can continue living the way I prefer to live? Yeah, yeah. So that one shift, if you look at what happens, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think I did bury the lead. That's probably the most important part. What would I do without you? Well, like Ed McMahon, I'm just here for some color. So, it's... Yeah. so I mean, think about that. They didn't have to save a penny more. We just redirected to be right. more strategic on income creation. And they went from 280 to an average of 326 between those two strategies. And this makes the assumption that they've sold the house and the hundred grand just goes straight into an investment account, that, that 326 number. So right. then I wanted to see, okay, what would happen 
if we just maxed out what the IRS will allow us to put into their existing policies without reaching bad tax treatment. So we, we called the insurance company. We said, hey, actuaries, tell us what we can do so that we don't cross the line. And they came back and told us it was about $14,000 that could go into each policy. So if you think about that, they're paying $6,000 for one policy per year, and they can get another 14 in on top of that to get to about $20,000 worth of contributions. Right. So if you've got a hundred grand and you have that invested, you'd be pulling out $28,000 each year. So you could probably do that with growth for years. Right. We're measuring doing it one year because we want to know if I just make this shift one time, what happens? Right. And and the great part about that is that that uh, I think they were at 327 if they just dumped the money into the brokerage account. The 100K went to to whatever the brokerage account was and they and they rocked along that way. But moving it one time, that 28K over one time. It took their income from 327 to 331. So another four thousand dollars, which you know, I should have told you to make sure you were sitting down with that number <laughs> because it's four thousand dollars in the scheme of three hundred. But so it's not a lot of money in per in proportion to what else that they've got going on. But that one twenty-eight thousand dollar move to make it more more efficient, to make it more in the right spot created $4,000 every year for the rest of their lives into retirement. And so they, if they lived another 25 years in their retirement, that's $100,000 off, off that one that one transaction. That one movement. And keep in mind, they're not losing money in this situation. They're taking money out of the investment pocket right. and contributing it into the insurance pocket. Mm -hmm. But because of the way their policies are structured, that contribution is showing up almost entirely as cash value. Right. And so when you think about this, this is not, you know, we, we like to have lots of conversations about cost, but that's not what this conversation is about. This conversation is about repositioning the assets that they have that have entered into their system to create efficiencies in income. And so if you think about what they did, if it's creating $4,000 a year of additional income, and that's going to be there every year of retirement, if you did that four times, that's an extra $16,000. You're talking about, let's see if I can do math in my head, $400,000 or more if they live longer because right. they repositioned money that was there, right? So the hundred grand, if they left it into investments, it, it just is going to do what it's going to do. But if they right. systematically move it into the existing policies over a four-year time period, plus the growth, right, right? Then they're in a position where they get to spend an extra $400,000 during their lifetime. Right. And it, and it goes back to that idea. And a friend of mine uh, this morning said, hey, Eric, do you want to be right or do you want to get what you want? And I'm like, I'm going to have to think about that because I really want to be right. Um like, does he know who he's talking to? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to think about this for a second. But there's so many people that we run into that they're like, this is what I'm doing, and this is how it's gonna work. And look, it's gonna make my net worth X dollars bigger. This is brilliant. And I'm like, okay, you you have a choice in this moment. Do you want to be right, or do you want to get what you really want? And when we walk through that, it, it's sort of a fun conversation around. 
if I just, and to your point, and I think it was a brilliant way to say that, reposition the money. If I just move it over from here to this over, over here, then I actually get more of what I want because nobody I've met says, you know, I'm a loser unless I have $40 million in the bank. Like nobody says that, right? Right. But what they really want is I want more income than birthdays and more income than expenses. And I want it passive. Right. And if my net worth were zero, but that was a reality, I've won the game. Right. So I'm I'm doing a quick calculation as we're talking, just because I, I want to go back and address something that you said, or, or that I said, or that you said, or we said together. So what we said is repositioning that $100,000 created an additional four hundred. dollars of income. So I want to address the net worth piece because this goes to what you're saying, because I know there's going to be people who are listening to this, that they're like, wait, if I just invested the hundred thousand dollars for 29 years, even at a 6% growth rate, I'd have $541,000. And at a 7% growth rate, I'd have over 700,000. So then you're going, wait, but I only got to spend 400. Well, let's be really, really clear from a spending perspective. If you have, you know, if you look at the safe spending rates and we have other episodes where we go so far in depth about safe spending rates, but the safe spending rate on a portfolio is between three and 4%. And I'm going to argue it's closer to three because I'm, I, I need a greater than 90% certainty that my money is going to last throughout right. retirement. And so what happens is, because you don't know when the market is going to tank on you, you have to be overly conservative with your withdrawals. So if you're talking about, you know, taking a 3% distribution on 700000 then, you know, I don't need that much money if I can get to a 7% safe distribution. And so we're... Even the analysis, I think the way people's brains want to go back is, well, I can make 100 be worth more than 400. We're not talking about the underlying net worth when we talk about the income increase, right? right? What we're looking at is in a world where we're trying to preserve the underlying assets, can we spend more money? And so if you look at a world where we're preserving the underlying assets, if you get to preserve the asset and spend an extra $400,000. That's how we win in this situation. Yeah, because what is that? Yeah, that's, um, I was trying to do the math in my head and then I remember to have a calculator in front of me. But yeah, I mean, if you're, if that 100,000 turns into 400,000 in your math, I think that was your math, right? Of income. An income, right. That That's, that's a highly useful version of that cash because it didn't go away. Right. Right. And, and it goes back to that idea that we've talked about over the years, the last 15 years of doing this is double duty dollars. If I can preserve the cash and make it do two or three or four other jobs, then I'm in a great position because the other thing that we didn't talk about and it's all, I'll introduce it and then we'll go away is that extra cash that went into the policy also helped boost the death benefit a little bit. Right. Because of the way the structure of, the, of that piece worked. And if they are in diaper land, which I, I know that they are in diaper land, yeah. right? Making sure that if somebody runs out of birthdays prematurely, uh, every extra dollar of death benefit goes to those little diapers and making sure they work. And I get to have more income and I haven't lost the asset. All of the ends in my mind kind of start keep stacking up. 
Right. And it 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 falls into that the more uses I can get out of every dollar, the better. Right. In a world where I get to enjoy more income during my lifetime and pass more income to the next generation, it's it's hard to beat that. And that's the comparison that we're making. It's not where can I get the biggest growth and have the biggest net worth? It's where can I have the most enjoyment? And enjoyment, I, I think, is part of fulfillment, right? Not just I'm going to go buy crazy things wherever, although if that's what you want to do, more power to you. But how do I create a world where I have more fulfillment and happiness and can create that for my family as well, and then also help set them up so that they aren't struggling to build and get to a place where they can retire because they know that's happening, right? And so anytime that you begin to learn these things and have these shifts yourself, sharing them with your children and helping them have the same mental shelf or shifts are really important because that's how you start to create generational wealth. And I think there's so many people that just opt out of that because they think, oh, that's not me. I don't know how to do that. And the reality is it's really pretty simple to do. And in, in in, even if you're not saving $70,000, right, you could be saving $7,000 and maybe we're talking about 600 a year that's building the match, right? I mean, there's so many different ways to look at this, but the, the thing that I thought was really cool about this whole scenario and what I enjoyed about doing the math around it is that rather than um, committing to ongoing larger contributions, yep. What was neat about this one is we have a one-time influx, show us where to put it to create more income. And so the the 400 that Eric is talking about, right, where you take the, the money that you're earning over, call it a 25-year time period, that's the income improvement. That's just the improvement from repositioning the assets over right. what would happen if you left them continuing to be invested. And that yeah. that to me is cool because it's one thing to commit to like, ooh, I gotta, I gotta do this every year. It's an entirely different thing to know, well, okay, I have this money. If I just shift it in over the next four years, I know exactly what it's gonna do for me. I like that kind of surety. It feels it feels good. Well, and and it's the it's the purest form of adulting, right? On that side is like, hey, we got this gift. We weren't necessarily looking for it, like, or you know, maybe you were, but like this scenario happened. And and the great question was, hey, Mary, what do we do? How do how do we we don't want to screw this up? We want to, you know, cherish this thing that we just got, help us do this better. Um, and that idea of, yeah, we did, we did good. Like you get to walk away and you kind of pat yourself on their back like you adulted today and it didn't cost you anything. Like it didn't, we we didn't have to strap, man, we're all eating ramen and cloth diapers because who are we throwing diapers away? That's stupid. Like we're not doing anything like that. We're just going, how do I reposition this one thing and make life better? Right. And I think the fact that it is measurable is a key part of that because the thing that I've heard a lot in the past couple of weeks um, from people that I'm having conversations with is I'm just saving a bunch of money. Um, and I'm doing it because it's what you're supposed to do, but I don't know what any of this means. And oh. I've heard that from people who are just starting to save that are saving a couple hundred bucks a month. And I've heard that from people who have net worth upwards of $12 million in the past couple of weeks, right? And so it it is a pervasive issue that we're putting money away, but we don't actually know what it's going to do for us when we decide it's time to start living off of it and being able to measure Am I doing the right thing 
am I doing what is best for my family and how much better off will I be when I make this decision, I think makes it a lot easier to decide what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought about this and then I'll close out with this. Wisdom is knowing the answer, knowing the right answer. And then peace comes from knowing the strategy to get there. And I think there's a certain amount of peace. It's like, all I got to do is these three or four things and then I'm done. And I get to know that I'm on the path and the path that I want and that the path that I'm on is the path that I want to be on. Do you want to be right or do you want to have what you want? And that that wisdom to know what you really want and how to get there. And that's, we, we just get to wake up then and go do our day jobs and yeah. get to go be with our kids and adult and all the stuff that we got to go do. But we've adulted because we've taken care of this thing that if we don't take care of it, it will come back and eat us, right? right. Like it's- I mean, it's like, we have now scratched this off the to-do list. There's nothing more to think about. We have the plan for execution. Go hang yeah. with your kids. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've adulted, be done, right? All right, where can they find you, Mary? You can find me at The Wealth Woman, wherever you social media. Yeah, and you can find me at Economics with Eric, wherever you social media. Thank you. Specific financial concepts and advanced strategies are presented to you for educational purposes only. We cannot and do not guarantee their applicability to your individual circumstance. We encourage you to seek personalized advice from qualified professionals on all financial matters. Provided content is for overview and is not intended and should not be relied upon as individualized tax, legal, fiduciary, or investment advice. Neither Wealth Woman, Acorn Grove, or the Wealth and Income Podcast, nor their representatives provide tax or legal advice. For answers to specific questions and before making any decision, please consult a qualified attorney or tax advisors. All numeric examples and any individual shown are hypothetical and were used for explanatory purposes only. Actual results may vary. Investing involves risk, which includes potential loss of principal. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Life insurance should be purchased by individuals that have a need to provide a death benefit to protect others with insurable interests in their lives against financial loss. Life insurance is not a retirement plan, investment, or savings account. Not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or any governmental agency. Insurance and investment products, not a deposit, not FDIC or NCUA insured, not insured by any federal government agency, not guaranteed by any bank or credit union, may lose value. Please visit the Wealth Woman website disclosure page for other important disclosures.